Hello and welcome to the Teppi Show. Pun absolutely intended. The podcast where we talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about. The uncomfortable truths of life, all for the sake of growth and self-actualization. Bettering your human interactions, one podcast at a time. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you will grow. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome your host, Teppi Show, Congo. Hello guys, welcome again to the third episode of the Teppi Show. Um, Yeah, I'm so excited, like we're still doing it. Thank you so much for the awesome feedback for the other two. If you haven't watched it, I'll link it down below. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about being an atheist. So I've asked one of my good friends, Mr. Tibela Chavalala, to join me. So please give him a warm welcome. (laughs) Hey, Tibela. Hey, Tepi, what's up? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me, dude. No stress. You can speak, bro. This is not a Zoom call. This is where you can be yourself. Like, be yourself to me. Be relaxed. That's a Zoom call. (laughs) All right, no stress, no stress. I'm just here ready to rumble, you know. All right. Fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know. That's what I'm talking about. So, guys, (laughs) like, it's just like a good hour to, like, sort out the stuff. Like, yo, guys, like. That this was a whole mission, but we finally got it right. I was just like, it's the devil. Like, what the hell? We wanted to come out. <laughs> Next thing, my mic's not working. I can't find my earphones. Things are just like not connecting. Oh, but anyways, I'm so glad that we're over there. So, Dumelo, mm-hmm. who is Dumelo Chawalan? Tell me about Dumelo, the child of God <laughs> or the atheist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dumelo, the child of God. Yo, that is a that is one hell of a story. Um. Well, basically, my mom's a Christian, and I was raised by my mom as a single parent. And uh, she raised me Christian, going to church and stuff, right? But since a very early age, uh, I began rebelling, like in primary school. I started my rebellion from Christianity because uh, there are certain questions that are st- starting to have. And, uh, you know, the atheist viewpoint sounded very convincing because... It tried to root itself purely on just science, you know, on purely just science and that's it. And that started appealing to me being Mm. in school and stuff and enjoying all the benefits of technology that I'm beginning to do now. Like, you know, technology is in my face. It's here. I can see it. I can use it. It's useful to me and it makes me happy type situation, you know. So that's how I began starting to like see this and encountering. Yeah. I just wanted to know, so when you said that there were certain things that um, started to cause you to ask questions, would you mind like giving examples? Like what were some of those things that um, prodded you to like look look, look into the atheism world? Mm. Well, uh, it was the whole concept of it does center around God himself. You know, it was the whole question around him. I was like, okay. So you're telling me that there is a creator out there who made everything and is in control of everything right now. And it's like that I had a huge issue with because of the whole question that atheists like throwing around of if God exists, why hasn't he made himself known to us? Why doesn't he just reveal himself? Is he shy? It's like, oh, when I heard that, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to me at the time, it was like, yeah, like, why hasn't he shown himself for just 
announce himself with a big voice globally, like, hey, guys, I'm here, or something. You know, that kind of question was, I believe, the first time it started chipping away at, like, my faith and stuff, you know. And uh, other mm-hmm. questions such as, if God exists and he's a good God, then why is there so much suffering in the world? Why is there such bad thing? Yeah, why are there such bad people mm-hmm. going around living the life escaping the hands of the law and you know those yeah. types of those type of questions no i'm really glad that you mentioned those two things because those are usually like the triggers that get people to like lose their um salvation especially if maybe they're praying for like maybe their mom had cancer or something like that and they kept praying for them to get healed and then mom doesn't get healed ends up dying and then it's like your faith so much just dies with your mom, you know? So now that you're a Christian, have you found the answers to those two questions that... Oh, my word. I found those answers so easily. Eh? I have found those answers so easily now. And um, I cannot begin to describe to you guys that, like, it all centers for me around the concept of free will. Mm. The concept of free will being that, and also... God not wanting to force himself on you. You know, he's somebody that you have to go seek out. It's like, Mm. there's a Bible verse that says, seek and ye shall find, which I've come to be one of the most true things in life that you can encounter, especially in this new digital age where information is like a fingertip away, you know. And Mm. um, Mm. the fundamental question as well of why, is there suffering around in this world? If you'll allow me to elaborate on that, because I feel like Mm. I've had a few years now to get my faith in order. So if I say it, I can't oversimplify it because people watching this who are atheists are going to be like, nah, brah. So I have to like explain it in detail. It's like this. Go in. In the beginning where Adam and Eve sinned, we find out that the penalty for sin is death. So if, Every single time a human being committed sin and they would die, humanity would have ceased to exist from the very beginning, bruh, from the very first two human beings that existed. But because God loves us, he gave us free will, and that free will allowed or opened the possibility for sin to happen, which ultimately we should be punished with death for, happened. You know, he gave us a way of being able to continue to live. So when you look at it, Uh, from that perspective and also from Cain. After Cain murdered his brother Abel, the penalty for that sin was supposed to be death for him as well. But God loving us so much still allowed us to be able to exist even afterwards. So when you see things like disobeying God and committing murder, those uh, murder being the main thing, if I could just stick to that, taking place and God being able to forgive us for that, It's like it leads to a case where every single human being, the billions of us on planet Earth now, looking at ourselves and realizing, bruh, I've committed sin and I've committed sin so many times. I've lied, I've lusted after other people, I've uh, hurt other people in certain ways, you know. Yeah. We should all be dead, you know. Uh, So if I, as an atheist, I'm looking at the situation and saying, hey, yo, guys, um, why does God allow this suffering in the world to take place? I have to look inwards first and say, oh, wait, I am also the cause of the suffering in this world. So I shouldn't just be looking at other people out here that are 
doing bad things and then wishing death upon them or saying they should not be around or why are they not suffering when in the meantime, I am also contributing to this exact same atmosphere that is taking place in the world right now. I'm part of the problem. So I should be dead as well. And you know, there are other people out there who I think would look at it and say, yeah, I should be dead. I don't even ask to be alive or whatever, you know, (laughs) but then all that I've seen now is necessary is a consistent trail of thought. You cannot cherry pick from both sides, like what uh, is supposed to take place. It's either we all die or we all live. But if we all live, we acknowledge that we sin and we are sinners and we are the reason that the world is messed up right now. Mm-hmm. And God created everything. He created everything in perfection. Nature as we see it now and as we love to enjoy it now, the lovely skies, the sunset, the stars, every single thing God made, he made awesome. He made perfect. And we are the cause of sin coming into this world and all the pain and suffering now. It's not God. Mm, I think that was such a beautiful explanation. And like, that's why I needed you here because only a former atheist could properly explain that to us. So is it safe to say that atheism is like rooted in hypocrisy? So first of all, you... To be an atheist, you need God to exist to define your atheism. Because if God's not real, you don't need to have an anti-God perspective. But mm. you guys need God to define your atheism. And then mm. secondly, the atheist looks at the sin of others and the suffering in the world, and they fail to look at their own contribution, their own sin contribution. And the thing is, mm. it doesn't matter. Like whether you think your sin is small, it's affecting somebody somehow, you know? Mm. So is it safe to say that atheism is actually low-key? Not even Loki, I think Haiki in in hypocrisy. (laughs) No, definitely in hypocrisy and also I would say inconsistency as well. Because as an atheist as well, there was a fundamental problem or fundamental question I had not even considered before. Because as an atheist and claiming to only be interested in the field of science dictating everything within me, I -hmm. realized later on that science may rule or reign supreme in the physical world that we can see right now. But when it comes to the world of values, science cannot tell us anything about that. You know, values are something where you have to look away from science in order to determine what is this. And there are only two possible answers to values. It's one, values are whatever uh, are a made up thing. Values are a made up thing and there is no such thing as right and wrong, good or evil. You know, because science cannot tell you that there's something called good and evil. Those are all philosophical, if I can put it, uh, perspectives on things. And Einstein also once said the problem with uh, mathematicians and scientists is that they're such poor philosophers. And uh, it's a very deep statement when I look back on it now. And uh, secondly, if there are now um, morals or values and good and evil, if those things do exist, then... Who is the ultimate authority on those things? Who says it's right and wrong to kill or not kill, rape or not mm. rape, steal or not steal? Who is the ultimate authority on that? Because science, that's a question that it fundamentally cannot answer. And I don't think any atheist in the world would look or listen to that viewpoint of values and think to themselves, mm-hmm. uh, values don't really matter. Eh? It doesn't really matter whether values are there or not because atheists, no matter who they are, will always tell you, I don't know why I can't point to a specific moral authority who says it's right or wrong to kill, 
but it just feels wrong when I see somebody killing or it just feels wrong. And that feeling now, that thing, that instinct inside you that tells you it's wrong to kill or whatever is where the question of higher beings or a higher being existing comes into the picture. I love so much that you said that because, again, it just shows us that even to define good and bad, you need God. <laughs> because God is like, so it's like everything you say, um, I don't know, I don't know, maybe when I was younger, I wasn't able to like fully engage atheists or maybe it just got heated too quickly. But mm. like, and from what I'm hearing, it's like everything you need to believe, it's like you need God. You need the goodness of God in order to define evil in the world you need so even even the world like our, our moralistic views how we see things our definition of right and wrong it comes from it comes from god you know yes granted <laughs> it has over the centuries and maybe it's been watered down and maybe other people human rules have slipped in there mm. and whatever so I, I really think that was like really re a really good point that you mentioned so i just want to know here um, what do you wish someone would have told you as an atheist? Or what do you wish a, a Christian would have said to you? Hmm. That is a fantastic question. Um, there are several things I wish they would have uh, told me, but the, the, the thing is, my main problem when I was an atheist was pride, brah. It was pride. Mm. My, aim, my main issue was that, like, you know who else had an issue of pride? <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. Just Don't saying. Remind me. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. It's like, um, as an atheist, one, I wish somebody would have came at me from this perspective here because I was very science-based, very science-rooted. So I wish somebody would have come at me with the whole values or moralistic arguments rather than try and take me on from the science point of view you know because science back then all the way back then by the way there were certain things that uh that science had not caught up to yet that the bible had told us were real things you know mm. so like mm. uh back then yeah by the way uh, sorry i just want to add a third point as well atheists seem to love using scientific theories a lot to disprove uh, Christianity or religions, which they say are theories. And then when I look at them, I'm always like, bro, you cannot use theories to disprove theories. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> then you're using a belief system to disprove another belief system. Another like, belief you system, have to yeah. come with facts here. When you come with evolution, remember, evolution is a theory. There is a reason it is still a theory in 2020 as we sit right now and not a fact. Mm. It's because yeah. there are very fundamental things that are wrong with that, with uh, that principle or with that, yeah, yeah, with that that the scientific community, no matter how atheist they are, are like, oh, nah, bro, we cannot accept this as fact yet, nor uh, do I believe we ever will. But you know what I mean. Uh, that's another problem that they have is that how it goes back to the hypocrisy thing, I guess. So it's not really another point, but it's just. Uh, mm. an addition to the whole hypocrisy thing of them always trying to say, oh no, we're very science-based, but we're very factually based. And then you use theories this whole time to come at people of faith. Another it's like, theory. come on. Yeah. yeah. That's a bit messed up. You were saying something, yeah, um, did you finish? Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't finish my point. Sorry about that. Uh, to go back to what do I wish uh, people would have told me as an atheist, 
uh, it's coming at me from the whole moralistic point of view. Things that are beyond the realm of science to explain. I believe that mm. those things are the powerful things that end up like clicking at you uh, the most. You know, because we tend to think science can do everything and it reigns supreme over all, but we forget that science has its limitations. And those limitations that science has is where uh, you need to take somebody in order to change their minds. And also, may I just add one story that comes from my childhood that throughout mm -hmm. my atheist years used to eat away at me, but I used to just ignore it because of the whole pride thing that I told you about. When I was about four really? or five years old, I believe, still very young, but this is the one memory that I remember better than anything from my childhood. There was this okay. little white girl who was a neighbor of mine, and we used to play around, uh, we used to play and stuff. But then one day, she sat me down with like Legos. Like she had one leg, two Lego pieces. She gave me one, and she had another. And then she told me, uh, hey, uh, do you want to see something cool? And I was like, okay, cool. So we sat down, uh, crossed our legs and stuff. And then we started going into like this humming position where we put our hands like, like this on our, on our knees like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I'm and then, um, yeah. And then she put the Lego pieces. We sat facing each other and she put the Lego pieces one in front of the other in front of us. Right. And she's like, close your eyes and then start chanting. I forgot what the exact words were that we said, but we started chanting and chanting and chanting and chanting for like a while, bruh, like for what felt like forever, but it was probably like a few minutes. And then I got impatient and just opened my eyes, you know, while she was still having her eyes closed and stuff, thinking to myself, ah, this is so stupid. This is not going to happen. Like, cause I was used to playing with toy cars and toy cars always had wheels and a battery inside. And I knew all this and stuff, yeah. you know, and these Lego yeah. pieces, I literally saw them before they had nothing in them. Now all of a sudden, bro, I, I look down and her piece starts to move. <laughs> With her piece. Like yes, her piece, a Lego piece that had nothing inside it started to move. And I remember just looking back, like in shock, like what in the world is happening right now? And I remember just stopping her immediately saying, wait, 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 wait. And taking a piece and looking underneath again to see, right, is there like a, a battery or something inside it? It was a Lego piece. So I kid you not, nothing was inside that thing. And I saw that Lego piece move without any force exerted on it, making it move. Bruh. Complete violation of one of Bluton's laws. And I was like, like when I and every time I used to argue with atheists or anybody that bit of information that was always in the back of my mind it was always there it was something that I didn't have doubts in my mind as to whether this thing was real or not because I remember I had never forgotten that moment every single day of my life from that day that it took place but till today that I sit here making this podcast with you i never forgot it but like i said pride would never make me admit that before when i was talking to to christians or people of faith before because they would always ask me to me has nothing ever happened before that would suggest to you that maybe there's something beyond science something would just always stop me lying if i can just be blunt about it, it would stop me from admitting that there is something that has taken place in my life do you know who the father of lies is <laughs> <laughs> like number two <laughs> number two he's a liar and the father of all lies but yeah so it's 
it's pride, guys. It's pride in the not wanting to be held accountable thing as well, you know, because um, a lot of the stuff that Christianity was telling me, whether I was encountering it in church or through other Christians, made me feel bad. And a lot of those things that made me feel bad, I kind of enjoy. I really enjoyed that stuff, you know. They would tell me that, hey, bruh, uh, illegally downloading music is theft. You're stealing. It's like, it's against the commandments that God had given to us, but I really loved that music and I didn't want to pay for it. So like, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. I'm going to continue to take my music and forget you, you Christian, trying to tell me that I should feel guilty and that it's wrong to, to steal or take things that are not mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had a very adversarial relationship with uh, Christians thereafter because like I didn't want to be held accountable. I didn't want God to be real in a sense. I didn't Mm. want God to be real because I didn't want to think that what I was doing, as long as nobody can see it, it's cool. It's fine. Uh, I, I should be able to get away with it. I didn't like the idea that everybody who does wrong is held accountable at the end of the day. And meantime, while I'm doing all these things that are breaking the law, I'm looking at everybody else like, hey, but look at these guys busy stealing money. Our politicians are stealing money. They're lying and they're doing this. And these guys are just getting away with it, bruh. These guys are just getting yeah. away with it, bruh. You can't tell me there's a guard out here, guys. <laughs> just it's like, looking back, it's funny. Looking back, it's like hilarious. But yeah, I, I just didn't want God to be real because I wanted to live a life that carnally pleased me, a life that had basically no accountability to it but mm. then i would unfairly. Hmm? but like why didn't you like want accountability like why was it such a bad thing or why didn't you want to be held accountable for your actions or whatever like i'm just trying to like understand it just to further unpack because to be i felt good doing a lot of these things that are forbidden or immoral in the eyes of god I loved doing them. I loved illegally downloading music. And to be honest, I kind of still do it today. Whether it's music, whether it's movies or television series or whatever. <laughs> uh, I loved uh, fornication. I loved fornication as well. I'm not going to lie to you. Like from when I was very young, you know, uh, we as boys had this pressure to like lose our virginity in order to become a man, brah, you know, and you would always get made fun of if you weren't. Mm. And looking back on those type of things, you realize more and more how how big a role the devil plays in the lives of even children, brah, that the average child now who gets exposed yeah. to porn, it's like 11 or 10 years old and type of stuff, you know. It's like looking back now, it's crazy, but I'm just saying back then, you know, you would, you would, you would seek the approval of, other people you would seek the approval of friends you would seek the approval of this and that because that was those were the things that made you feel good the approval from science from the scientific community or whatever because those are things that made you feel good that were tangible that you can see and feel and experience you know it's my dependency on on the world that i could see that made me such a staunch atheist you know that that made me want to not yeah to go back to your question, sorry, of 
why I didn't want the accountabilities because it felt good doing all the things that weren't right. It's like that one meme <laughs> that pops up that was like, hey guys, um, uh, why is it that when something is illegal, it tastes something like when you steal food from the pan, like when your mom is still busy cooking or whatever and like uh, you go into the pot and then you steal it and you eat it mm-hmm. uh, the meme goes why does it feel so good when you do that rather than like when you eat it mm-hmm. at the dinner table and it's a quote i think from a movie where the guy goes the secret ingredient <laughs> ingredient described the secret ingredient yeah. described so it's like that secret ingredient <laughs> is what i enjoy I, I, I won't lie to you i i did enjoy it you know i enjoy it um also, like I said, fornication, sleeping around, whereas adultery and fornication, I think is strictly prohibited from the Bible. And I really, really loved it. Hey, so I was like, oh, no thanks, bro. I'm not going to subscribe to uh, a doctrine that makes me feel guilty for this stuff. And it never really dawned on me whether morally, as I said before, if somebody would have challenged me on the moral side of things rather than on the scientific, I think it would have converted me much sooner and made me see the truth. Uh, much sooner you know and mm. and also like as as an atheist that was busy fornicating as well i knew that sex was different for girls than it was for me bro like for me it was just a physical action mm. that i do and be done with but then i always knew that for girls it meant so much more and like i knew that i would be hurting them if like i just was in it for just that and i would leave afterwards but I don't know, like the pressure of being a guy who does not care and is like so-and-so. I want to go into that a bit more detail as well and say, girls, when I tried being a nice guy, because even though I was an atheist, I still did hold all of my, my Christian principles going around. You know, I still wanted to be nice and kind and caring and gentle. But then all the Mm -hmm. girls that I wanted, especially the pretty, pretty girls, bruh, we love the bad boys. My friends that were the baddest of bad boys who did not care about them, who treated them like crap, who responded after three days on texts and this and that. <laughs> well, look at these guys. I'd be like, hey, bro, you guys are getting all the pretty girls and all these pretty girls. And I approached them with poetry, with oh, scintillating words, where, where I would like try and be this ultimate romantic because I grew up listening to R&B and stuff. They would like curve me a friend zone yeah. be like, oh my god you're so sweet or whatever i'll be like all right i guess uh, a change of approach is necessary out here yo and the crazy thing is that change of approach worked in order to get the thing that i was after all those years so mm-hmm. it's another big reason why i didn't want that accountability because the things that i wanted were forbidden and the things that i wanted in order to do them to or to get them i needed to go against the word of god you know so it just added to the whole thing. Yeah, no, that was really wonderful. Thank you to me for being so transparent and like sharing, you know, your struggles and everything. So then tell me now as a Christian, is there like accountability in your life and what does that look like? Well, the accountability of my life, I believe is there in that like I am praying. I can't describe like, can I just talk about praying quickly? Talk, bruh, talk, talk. It's your show, just for today. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, guys, to pray is something, one of those things that is very hard to put into words, but I will try. To go from an atheist that didn't believe in God at all to not believing in anything I couldn't see or feel or taste or touch at all 
to now praying. You don't know how steep that jump is, bruh, to go from being adversarial and mean towards Christians and actually rude towards Christians and sometimes saying horrible things about them based on them believing the things that they believe to now that moment where, snap, I saw that God is real and now like having to get down on your knees and then looking into the sky and then praying for the first time. Guys, I don't think you realize how difficult it is for, like, okay, let me not talk about other people, just for me specifically, how much of a, how mind blown I was to have gone from the, the place I was before to now being on my knees, praying to this guy, not even knowing if he can hear me or not, but just having faith that he can and that he does was one of the most beautiful things that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Because I believe praying for the first time in my life is what humbled me. I was arrogant. I was cocky. I was all the things that you would describe Satan as, if I can be blunt about it. But when I prayed for the first time, it was an act of humility unlike anything I'd ever done before because I was, for the first time, acknowledging that there was something, someone greater, greater than me. Oh, cool. Something, someone greater than me out there. And that it's the first time I realized that science, no matter how far it will go, it will always have its limit. And no matter how much you know, because uh, the scientific textbooks, as I saw them every single year, because right, I was very keen on science, were changing every single time. It would be like one <laughs> tiny little <laughs> principle. Yeah, one tiny little principle that science had in had in place that they thought was real and then when that tiny little principle would change it would lead to a cataclysmic event where entire textbooks had to be rewritten entire textbook entire school syllabus had to be changed because of that and i'd be like brah the word of the bible the people who wrote the bible have never felt the need to change it in order to conform to what people are saying nowadays so it's like True. After all these years now of scientific textbooks having to constantly be rewritten and changed and changed and changed and changed, and then look on the other side and the holy scriptures that were written in ancient Hebrew and coined Greek and stuff are staying exactly the same and being presented to people <laughs> exactly the same way as they were before. Like it makes you bat your eyes and think, hey, these guys are really confident that what they're saying is, is true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And. And, and yeah, I just wanted to say that, yeah, that, that pride, letting go of it and actually going down and praying to God was one of the most humble and intimate moments I've ever had in my entire life. And everything from then on just changed dramatically. I also suffered from like a case of depression that my friend Tato from back in the day also suffered from. He rest in peace. Is this Tato Tato that we went to yeah. school with? Yeah, Tato oh, Tato. Tato. Yeah. Because, oh, like, all of these tragedies happening in my life with him being my best friend, you know, back in the day and stuff, losing him really just shook me to the core. And then also, mm. like, studying and being, yeah, like, like, as an atheist, the more I studied and went to school and tried to do my thing, the more I would always ask myself, is this the point of life? This is the point of life. Am I literally going to mm. wake up every day, brush my teeth, take a shit, eat, take a shit, sleep, 
or work as somebody's slave, take a shit and sleep for the rest of my life. I just thought to myself, bruh, is, is this really all that I'm good for? Is this really like what I am? What I will amount to? Is this the meaning of life? That question of the meaning of life bruh, drove me insane. It ate away at me on a daily basis to a point where I was just thinking this life is pointless, but I see now why my friend did what he did. You know, like this life is meaningless. I'm meaningless and whatever. In the meantime, I just feel like a change of perspective was all that was needed in, in my life. Uh, like to just think to myself that to me, shut down the world, shut down social media, shut down TV, shut down everything else. And what is there left? It's you. Mm. And you are special as a result. You have your perspective. You have, you are the star of your own life, if I can put it bluntly. It's like there are movies that are being made out there, but in your life right now, as you live, as you are looking through your eyes, you are the star of your movie. Everybody's a star of their own individual movie. And as a result, we all matter. We all matter in ways that we can never like, comprehend, if I can put it bluntly. And and to go back to my point of also the unseen world. Can I get into the unseen world? This is something that I wish somebody would have told me before. I found out a few years ago that we can only see, or science even, can only explore less than 0.005% of what we can actually, of what is in actual range of our sight. You know, and even when we use microscopes and look at something to an to a subatomic level mm. tiny percentage of what can actually be observed and studied and when i found that out that like less than one percent is what science can actually explore out there it blew my mind in ways that it opened up my mind to more possibilities you know because as an atheist, right, you focus on all these other topics of racism and slavery and the history of the world and how this group of people has mistreated that group of people and stuff like that, right? You focus on all uh, these uh, issues and topics, but you don't realize as well that there may be an underlying tone or an underlying thing that's taking place here because the Egyptians, for example, used to tell us that there are beings that helped them develop their technology, you know that they had back in the day that allowed them to build the pyramids as an example. And also, by the way, there's evidence that they had mm. UFOs. They were able to build spacecraft and spaceships back in the day. You know, how advanced a civilization is mathematically dictates how advanced that they, how advanced they are scientifically. And if the Egyptians had better mathematics than we do today, I'm telling you that the Egyptians were scientifically superior to us how we are right now. And the Egyptians wrote out everything that they had in their ancient writings, saying, guys, uh, we didn't come up with this on our own. There are beings that exist in the world that we cannot see right now, that gave us all this knowledge that we used to build the pyramids, to do this and that. And these beings wanted worship from us as well. And when you look around the world to ancient China, same story. Ancient India, same story. And you start seeing all these things when they start connecting together and you're like, huh, that's, 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 that's very interesting stuff that I wish I could have seen and, or heard. And that 
principle that the Egyptians try to tell us of mm -hmm. there is an unseen world where these beings gave us their technology relates back to what the scriptures were saying, what the Bible was saying as well. I forgot the exact verse, but it mm -hmm. says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, brah. Okay, it doesn't say brah. <laughs> it says, we wrestle not against yeah, flesh and blood, but by Ephesians, rulers and yeah. principalities, um, you know, in, in the world that we cannot see. And I'm just thinking to myself, the Bible has always told me this, brah. Like when I, when I think back as well, like I get so mad because I wish that as an atheist, instead of taking other people's word for it, instead of looking at this documentary called Zeitgeist, that's the main thing that made me rebel <laughs> from Christianity, by the way. And a lot of atheists still view as true today, you know, without questioning. I tell and I challenge any atheist right now, by the way, if you are watching, if you have watched Zeitgeist, and Zeitgeist is the reason you're an atheist now, as I was, go and watch a counter video to Zeitgeist, and you'll find out that almost all of the information that Zeitgeist has given you is incorrect. They try to make it mm -hmm. seem as if Jesus was just a plagiarism of ancient Egyptian or Sumerian gods, which is a complete fabrication and a lie. When you actually look at it, there's a YouTube video that even goes into detail about this. When I watched that YouTube video, I was mind blown. And I was like, okay, I can't trust that, guys. Maybe I can't even trust this YouTube video. Let me actually research this stuff for myself. When I researched yeah. it for myself, the counter video to Zeitgeist was the correct video. It had everything correctly. It was trying to compare some Greek god that was worshipped as well to Jesus, saying that their birth story is exactly the same. And then you find out that this Greek god wasn't even born a child. He emerged out of a rock. Didn't even have a mother or a parent as it. But then the Zeitgeist <laughs> video tells us that Once his birth story and Jesus' birth story are the same. And I'm just thinking to myself, how could it have been so gullible? Bruh? And why are there but people... You... Oh, sorry, Tippi. Continue. No, 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 it's fine. Sorry. So you're in a yeah, I was gonna say, people... I was going to say, why are there people who are trying so hard to discredit the story of Jesus with blatant lies? Like if they were like... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, with <laughs> I was such blatant say, lies. Man. Like getting a date wrong or getting uh, like confusing a word or, or something like that. Uh, things, human errors that you can kind of, you know, look at and say, okay, yeah, I kind of understand. But then now to take such blatant lies and try to use that to discredit the story of Jesus, it's like, uh-uh, bro. I, I started realizing that this, this, uh, this is, there are works going on here that are mm. beyond my my understanding at that time that I now know clearly that if there lies, they're from Satan and there's no other way no, to put it. Definitely. Because my thing is also like, if you're going to be atheist, why don't you guys want to be objective atheists? Why don't you want to investigate both sides? But no, <laughs> Yo. you, you know, it's like, it's like you guys just take a lie, you run with it. And then every Christian you come across, like, let me see how I can poke holes into this argument and this. And, and actually now that I think about it, a lot of atheists always used to come to me to like, like, I didn't necessarily go to them, but they always came to me to disprove what I was... And I'm just like, but why? Like, I'm living my life. When I live your life, hey, why must your life consist of always trying to poke holes in what I believe in, you know? So it's almost like, it gave me a sense of, like, you guys don't actually have, like, a an atheist Bible. But I guess maybe it's the satanic Bible, but maybe you guys are like, now we don't actually want to be satanist, satanist, but we'll be, like, just somewhere there in between that range, you know? So I just, I just feel like it's, like almost like so messed up you know that every time you guys always have to like find an atheist to like i mean a christian 
to like now tell them everything that you're against. And it's like, but why? I mean, if what you're believing in is really true, it leads me to believe that it's actually like more of a spiritual battle. Would you agree that actually to an extent, all this atheism and whatever, it's actually more spiritual than it is scientific and whatever. And, and all those scientific labels and whatever are just things that are just plastered on top so that it makes sense to the world or to unsuspecting human beings that could be easily swayed. So would you say that this is actually that, like there's more to it like it's more of like a spiritual thing than it is just what you know because i i like to i'm not sure but I, I think also with atheists you guys have like you can correct me like ranks not like ranks ranks but like atheists that are just like mm, like baby atheists and maybe more mature atheists and but it looks like the higher up you go it's like the closer you get to lucifer and the more hardened your heart becomes and the more pride there is but like so if they like ranks like that so i think that with atheism it's just like trying to like find the unsuspecting or even Christians that don't really understand what they believe in, you know, to then now make them question and, and, and begin to doubt God. So would you say that this is actually like more of a spiritual ploy than anything else? Oh no, it's uh, 100% a spiritual ploy. It's, it's, it's more spiritual than you can ever imagine, especially because of the fact that outside the realm of belief, if you look at the secular world, we're, slowly moving into living now mm. everything is seeming to glorify satan <laughs> if i could just put it bluntly the music mm. that is popular that i grew up listening to hip-hop and rap used to talk about like killing killing people and getting revenge and fornication and all these things that were 100 percent contrary to what the scriptures used to talk about and stuff and when I look at, uh, when I remember the story of, I believe it was Moses, where the people had created a golden bull and began bowing down and worshipping it. My favorite car at the time is Lamborghini. When I look at it, there's a golden bull as its representation uh, on the logo. And, I'm thinking, uh, and you start batting your eyes towards that. And then you start looking at the ancient Egyptians who Moses had set the Hebrews or Israelites free from. And then you see that a lot of their, not a lot, Every single bit of their belief system has been incorporated or taken by the Satanists, you know. And mm. when I look at that, Tepi, I'm just like, I, I, I get worried now because I realize now that it is a spiritual battle at the end of the day. There is only two sides to the equation, you know. We like to think mm. that there's a third side or whatever. There are only two sides. And the first side of the equation is that if you believe in God, you will try and speak his word out there. And then if you're on the Satanist side, you're going to try and get people to rebel from God or to uh, not worship him, worship anything else uh, that is not him. And atheists, and what atheists don't realize, whether they accept it or not, is that ultimately they're always glorifying the Satanists. They're making themselves their own gods. They're feeding into what the Satanists want. When the Bible says mm. that the road, the road to redemption is a narrow path, or that there's a narrow pathway that leads to heaven, it's not a lie, guys. Like to get to heaven or to get to God, you only worship God, and that's it. God wins when you worship him. Satan wins when you don't worship God. So if you say you're an atheist, or if you say you're a Satanist, or if you say you worship any other God that is not God himself, the Satanists win. In that regard so it is in sat satanic people's interest as well to present themselves as atheists it's it's in their it's it's 
it's difficult to tell if an atheist is really an atheist or if it's an undercover Satanist that's coming out to do the works because mm. essentially there would be no difference mm. between either one. And I used to listen to a Actually. lot of atheist commentators as well, you know, because because some people, right, are beyond understanding that there is a realm that we cannot see, mm. that there is a whole other world that science cannot cover or tell us anything about. Mm. And those people whose minds are closed off to that possibility and can only see the scientific world are far more susceptible to a Satanist pro, uh, convincing them that God is not real than a Christian is. Because a Christian can only argue things from God's perspective. Like we can only use God every time we try and convince somebody that something is real, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Can I just jump in there? And, like, I love that you brought in you know? Satanism because I guess that's literally what I was explaining with the ranks. Because some people, I mean, if, if somebody were to ask you today, hey, do you want to be a Satanist? Uh, it's like, uh, no, you know, but if I said, but if somebody said, hey, do you want to be an atheist? Like it has a higher return rate, you know, people might yes. might agree to be an atheist rather than agree to be a Satanist because one looks evil and whatever, which it is, not that it looks And creepy, and yeah. Creepy. One looks evil, creepy. one looks clean because they just covered it with science and a whole other like lies, you know what I mean? Like things that weren't even proven and that kind of stuff. So could you just tell us like, what is the difference between atheism and satanism and also why is it that atheists don't see that they are low-key satanists they're just baby satanists if i can put it like that okay uh let me come at you from two perspectives one i want to tell you that the first satanic church that was officially opened in the world in the united states of america in 1966 or 1969 by anton lavey is called the Church of Satan, and they refer to themselves as atheistic Satanists. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Athe- atheistic Satanists. Okay. And um, I, I've never heard of people calling themselves atheistic Christians, now that I think about it. Yeah. So it's very interesting that when the first church that worshipped Satan, or the image of Satan, had to come out as saying they are atheistic Satanists. Mm-hmm. And then I remember just thinking to myself that, Ayo, guys, uh, that's very interesting. Tell me more. And atheistic Satanists essentially say, oh, no, we don't believe that there is actually like a God or Satan out there. But when we listen to the principles of what the Satanists believe in, in essence, we tend to agree with them more than the principles of the ancient Hebrew Bible, you know, and they try and present it in that way as like uh, a more in- intellectual version of theistic Satanists, which are the Satanists that say, yes, God is real, Satan is real, and we're on Satan's side. Simple as that. You know, they are more, they, they try to present themselves as a more sophisticated version of those guys, a more scientific one. Wow. <laughs> or, or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, the difference, the differences between Satanists and atheists is that the one is more aware than the other. The one has more of an open mind. They can see, instead of looking at things like this, an atheist is essentially looking at things like this, and a Satanist is looking at things like this. Mm. You know, 
Satanists, if I can be blunt about it, are as open-minded as Christians are. And I'm talking theistic ones. They're as open-minded in terms of they know about the spiritual realm, they know about God, they know about Satan and stuff like that. It's just they've made a choice to go on to the dark side, whereas Christians have made their choice to go on to the side of light. Mm. And an atheist is essentially somebody who's fighting in a small little bubble there and not able to see the world from a whole they're looking at the world basically from like blinders from a blinders perspective and i tell you now that it's a very dangerous thing we need to stop focusing on the scientific part of things because the scientific part doesn't disprove the bible it proves it as t- as more time has gone by i as an atheist used to say give science more time we will disprove the bible another big reason i could i came back to the faith is the more time went by the more the bible was getting proved by science. I mean, we're in 2020 now with this corona thing, mm. and the best advice medical people can give us are things that were written in the book of Leviticus, literally things that were written in the book Great of Leviticus thinking. thousands of years ago yep. in the Bible. I'm just like, guys, You're behind. I'm done now. I'm done now. You're telling me we've had thousands of years to catch up science. And also, by the way, did you know that believing in a flat earth was actually the earliest scientific belief? Mm. Because there was a Bible scripture from Job that said that uh, that uh, pointed to the earth being round and suspended on nothingness. And it was the earliest scientists that actually came out and said, come on, look, everything falls when it's on a flat surface and goes over the edge. So what you're saying is dumb. It doesn't make sense, bro. <laughs> you know, it's the I believe that the science argument right now is in the Christian field. Like we cannot go there. Christians should not be trying to argue it from the scientific perspective. I believe we would save far more time if we attacked this from a spiritual one, as you have said. Because making somebody spiritually dead is the way that the Satanists are winning right now. Mm. The Satanists are keeping all of us spiritually dead and keeping us in the world that we can see more and more. Yeah, you know They're hooking us with technology. They're hooking us with the media. They're hooking us with pornography they're hooking us with gambling they're hooking us with money and fame and instagram yeah and all and all this stuff you know instead of like trying to just removing god out of it no i totally get you they're trying to move yeah. god out of it and so that everything becomes metaphysical so you don't even um reach beyond to actually see like you know spiritual but tell me about the atheist community is there love in there like is it just every man for himself and we're just fighting like is it like like a thing where, you know, you guys get together and you guys love each other like we do as Christians. You're just every man for himself and it well, doesn't even matter as long as science. <laughs> well, well, in the atheist community, we, we tended to always like look at the world as a survival of the fittest type situation. Mm. The atheists anyways who are not trying to cherry pick what they liked from Christianity and say, oh yeah, I can also hold these viewpoints, all the things that they like from Christianity mm. and all them. The ones who truly who truly were trying to say, hey, yo, we don't believe in a God, we don't believe in a Satan, we don't believe in anything that existing. We look at nature and in nature, what is the rule? What is the law? It is survival of the fittest. The lion beats the hyenas, the hyenas beat or eat uh, the other prayer or whatever. It is basically every man for himself, if you can put it that bluntly. If you were a true atheist, if I can put it bluntly, if you were a true atheist, 
you didn't cherry pick things from the Bible, cherry pick things from Satanist or whatever. You just looked at nature as your guide as to how human beings should survive or, mm. or live. Okay. You know, it was a survival of the fittest type situation. If you die, it's because you were weak or you were poor or you were conquered in Something a previous like generation. And that's why your generation now yeah. is poor. And love, I don't want to lie, was something that I was starting to view as made up. <laughs> love was something, is a stupid human emotion that was made what, up in order to control us and make us your, weak. Your mom, your oh. family, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you just looked at them essentially as like, I, I don't know. Mm. When you're an atheist, it's like, how do you say what is love, brah? Love is something that's intangible. So you don't touch As it. an atheist, yeah, like... I find it hard to put it into words now that, like, I'm a Christian. Do atheists need love? Like, do they want love? Do they need love? Is it like deep down inside? I think they want it. Who just I think they want it. They need it deep down. Yes. Loved. Yes. Mm. Yes. Because, like I said before, what drove me insane or drove me mad was the fact that that question of what is the meaning of life, mm. you know, and thinking to myself that. This is all that I am. I am something to be used by other people. I'm to be used as a child. And then when I've grown up, I'm be, to be used as an, as, a, as an employee who's going to be paid peanuts compared to uh, people who were born into much more wealthy or privileged families and so forth. You know, I was looking for a kind of validation that I could not achieve from, from, it's very it's very difficult to think about it now. Wow, Tavi, this is actually working. Are you forcing me to like think back on? Don't go back. Only think back, but don't go back. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna go back. Okay. I'm thinking back. I'm thinking back. We're just gonna help others. Because when I'm thinking back now, yeah. Because when I'm thinking back now, Tavi, when I converted, I basically just left my whole life before as an atheist behind me. I went from being a rude atheist to I would even say hated Christians because I also saw a lot of hypocrisy in the Christian community and I would always throw it back in their faces and stuff like that, you know. But, but can I say something? Is it, basic- is it hypocrisy if God is still working out your sin nature? Because remember with us as a Christian, it's still also like a journey. The same way you guys have to find your theories mm-hmm. and textbooks and whatever. The same way oh, with, no, that, with us, you yeah. also have to unlearn certain things. So is that hypocrisy or are you just watching a Christian that's um, on their way to maturity and growth? <laughs> That's on their way to maturity. Yes, we're just watching that, mm. you know. And it is—it was a very narrow-minded way of looking at things. If I'm going to be blunt as well, because mm. Christians were not going around saying that they're better than everybody. The Christians I was encountering, mm. you know, they were just trying to lead us off of a destructive path. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't say, "Hey, bro, I don't sin." and stuff like that. And when you'd see them sin, you'd say, "Ha, ah, hypocrite!" <laughs> Christians were just people who were on a journey to make the world a better place than it is now mm. by contributing less destructive things to the world that we live in now. Mm. Establishing know, God's kingdom. I believe that is a very, yeah. And um, it's like, when I, when I got converted, cause like my conversion took place as a result of like two days of no sleep and just researching constantly, going down the deepest rabbit hole that I could to eventually finding out God is real, Jesus is real. And from that moment on, I left behind my pride. I left behind uh, everything that 
I used to think about before and I literally became, I would say, a new person. And so now when you're asking me these questions and I'm having to look back, it's almost like I, I don't even know who I was, bruh. Like, what did I actually believe, bruh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the textbook kept changing. You on when you were so atheist, you were on revision yeah. five. Now they're on revision like twenty five. I was on revision, yeah, yeah. It's like, but it's like how did that make all... you as an atheist though? Like, wasn't it weird? Because now you believe something, and now you've told your friends about it. Now they discover something. Now they have to go back and change all the textbooks, but you've already told people this. So are you like, um, remember that thing that I said that other other week? <laughs> Like, how did that even work? Because it's like, there's no consistency. There's no truth because things are just changing and being disproved. Oh, I will bluntly put it down to ignorance. Hey? And maybe human nature a little bit mm. because it's like we tend sometimes to, I don't know, to, it's like that question of why do you go back to or rely on something that is unreliable. Like it goes back to maybe that thing I was telling you about of the secret ingredient is crime. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's, it's, it's human nature to go to something that is flawed. Like that flaw in science that existed where the textbooks needed constant changing around. I guess it was a way that we looked at ourselves as well as, hey, bro, I am imperfect. I'm always learning. So if science is always learning, it is a more relatable thing if I can, yes, mm. it's a more relatable thing if I can put it like that. It was more relatable to look at science even despite its changes, its flaws and it getting things wrong. It was more relatable to look at that rather than to look at the perfect image of Jesus. Mm. And to look at the perfect image of Jesus who isn't like me, mm. who didn't sin like me. He didn't steal things that didn't belong to him like me. He didn't lie like me. He didn't fornicate like me mm. he, he he was perfect it's it's kind of insecure yes it kind of goes back to that thing human nature as i said before of looking at jesus and then not being able to relate to him in terms of you don't feel like he understands the struggle that i go through you know and also you know haters yes being an atheist <laughs> is also like being a hater it's like looking at somebody who's successful or somebody who's able to do something you're not able to and then disliking him as a result or hoping to see him fall as a result. When we look at celebrities or when we look at our enemies succeeding out there and getting their cash and hoping, oh, I hope the guy like falls uh, from living in his uh, 10 bedroom mansion to living in a shack one day. Like that human nature that we like to embrace yeah. of revenge and not wanting to see other people succeed mm. and imperfection and, and so forth. Like I believe that that made atheism more appealing and made us more able to understand that viewpoint than looking at Christianity and looking at the image of Christ and looking at the image of God. And may I just add something else, brah? I hate when people try to, especially like atheists sometimes that look at this and some Christians that look at Jesus and look at the Old Testament and think that they are incompatible or say, hey, brah, Jesus, uh, God really calmed down from Old Testament God. Eh? <laughs> and I'm just, and I'm just like, nah, bro. Like that's the same God. You guys have just been fed an image about God that is taken out of context. A lot of the times mm. we are always fed the image of God who punishes us for our sins. We're always fed Sodom and Gomorrah. We are almost fed, uh, the image of when in Daniel's times, Babylon came in to take over, 
Jerusalem because God had given them into the hand of the Babylonians mm. for not repenting of their sins mm, mm, and, and stuff like that. We always look at the image of God when he is in I'm punishing you for your sins mode rather than looking at the patience that God has had for us sometimes for hundreds and thousands yes. of years. Uh, you know, we overlook God forgiving Adam and Eve for their sins and not wiping them off of the face of the earth. We forget God uh, looking at Cain killing his brother and forgiving him for that. We look, we forget um, when father, when Abraham was speaking to God about the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Mm. And how God did not want to kill innocents or kill an innocent life mm. that would have been in Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham asking, God, what if there were 50 innocent people in that entire city of hundreds or thousands or whatever? What if there were 50 innocent people? Would you spare the city? <laughs> God said he would spare the city. Abraham went down to a lower number. Yeah. God said he would spare the city. He went to a lower number. It's like when we look at it today, as an atheist, I used to look at America and say, hey, bro, America has things it does wrong, but it has things it does right as well. So if America goes into a city that it's at war with and it bombs the hell out of it and it bombs innocent people in it, hey, they're, casual, they're casualties of war, bro. That's how I used to look at it casually and stuff. But then I would forget that America, you're busy out here claiming you're a Christian country a Christian nation, and your president is claiming to be a Christian as well. Mm -hmm. And here he is exercising a level of action or morality that's not consistent to what God would have done. Mm -hmm. God would have not bombed this city, mm -hmm. uh, including those innocents who would have died. He said, no, if there's an innocent in an entire populace uh, out there, I will not wipe out that city. I will not carry out such judgment, you know. So we've been fed a false image of God that his nature is changing. God's nature is not changing, guys. The Old Testament God is the New Testament God. Jesus, when he came, forgiving people for the sins that he had as well, was doing the exact same thing that is inconsistent with what God did in the Garden of Eden with Cain, uh, the with the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, everybody. <laughs> every, everything. We've infected this false image of God, guys. And I just feel like we're not thinking independently these people who claim they're woke as well bruh. these people who claim they're woke and that if you're a christian or you have a belief system about you you're the one who's being led into thinking a certain type of way i look back now and, I, and i'm like you are the one who's actually being fed a false image of yeah. what god is and everything that you have now is just a copy pasted viewpoint of uh somebody else so like yeah that's the Another huge problem that I've had. I've always felt, and I'm sorry to say this out loud, I've always felt that sometimes a lot of the smart people were stacked on Satan's side. Were stacked as either atheists or Satanists or from any other type of religion or belief system. And sometimes I just felt that Christians did not have proper people going out to preach the word, which is why sometimes I'm hesitant. I used to be hesitant to go out to people and try to preach to them because I was scared that I would misrepresent God or his word in the same way people had represented them, uh, God to me when I was an atheist and mm -hmm. it didn't convert me sooner, you know. But remember, so it's like, the best way is always to just bring people to Jesus by just having them read the Bible for themselves. So Yes, but you... people don't want to. No, but they have we're to. They have to. They have to. No, they have to. No, they have to. But I'm just saying that they're lazy, Tepi. <laughs> we're, we're lazy, Tepi. We, we are... We need a spark. I believe we all need a spark, bro, because I was also lazy. I've never read the Bible before and I criticized it more than anyone ever. So basically, I've atheists are lying. 
<laughs> we are. Huh. So you guys are lying. This whole thing is just, it's built on lies. You guys, so you, and it makes sense though, because even some of the stuff that you guys say, it's really like not consistent in the Bible. So I was just always wondering, where did you get that from? <laughs> where did you get that from? Get A that good from? question. Like, good I don't, question. I don't know where you drew that. Or oh, you just took one thing that happened in the Bible. And- Zeitgeist and fake news. Zeitgeist and Zeitgeist fake and news. Hey, yeah, no. Tumelo, thank you so much for your time. That was like really amazing thank you for sharing your testimony thank you for being open do you have any closing remarks um to the atheist let's just say that's watching out there or that listen and um i don't know just gonna give you the floor you can just wrap up and yeah thank you man that was amazing uh yeah um if i can wrap up for atheists out there i would or anyone actually out there atheist christian or other faith wise I would just like to firstly say, sorry if sometimes us as Christians have come across as judgmental or unloving in the way that we approach speaking to to y'all. At the end of the day, we are also only humans and our passion in trying to show you a truth that is obvious to us sometimes comes across as rude and stuff. And the last thing I would like to say is guys, Read things for yourself. Go out, read things, research things for yourself. and Come to the truth yourself. Don't listen to others or allow other people to speak into your head and dictate to you how you see the world. In fact, take my word as false right now and go and Google this stuff, research this stuff from reliable sources yourself. And yeah, that's my closing remark. And mm. God bless you and be with you all. Yeah, I just want to add, guys, you really need to go to the word of God. Like it will save you the research, all the research. Um, but you can't take Dumi's route. Maybe you're like a scientist out there and whatever. Um, you know, like you have to go to Christ. You have to come to the truth, the knowledge of the truth. You know what I'm saying? That's where, that's what God is there to do. God loves us all. God loves, I mean, atheist or not, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't even change God. It's, God is not like Satan. Satan only loves you if you're on his, well, you can't even love, but loves you only when you're on his side. But the minute you turn around, it's like he completely hates you. And that's why it's usually very difficult for Satanists to leave, to leave, um, that brotherhood and that cult and whatever. So I just want to encourage you guys to just like come to God. God is a loving father. And the cool thing about God is that you can either choose to come or choose to go, but either way, he's still there. He still loves you. He'll forever love you. And he's consistent. I think also APS, like you guys, from what we've been discussing, you guys need that consistency and that consistency you're looking for really can be found in God because he's immutable. He's unchangeable. He's been the same centuries of after centuries after centuries so i'd really just encourage you like just find a bible check it out just google it like go through those pages you know come to the conclusion yourself maybe god was misrepresented to you or whatever and 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 yeah and i also just want to encourage you guys like don't go to the wrong path you know trying to seek for truth but not truth is where the bible is so what tends to happen is people they like, no, nah, I don't know what to believe, so I'm going to be atheist. And some people are confessing atheism of their life when they don't really understand what it's all about and not even understanding that it's actually a ploy from the demonic realm and the demonic world to like, you know, to deceive you. Because the minute, and then it's, it's, it's just a facade of it's like about science and facts. It's not even that because the Bible itself also talks about science and facts. Like literally everything you're looking for, read the book of Job. You read about the constellations and the stars and everything is in there. I promise you guys, I promise you. It's not just a book on like do this, do, do's and don'ts. Like there's more to the Bible that touches on science, relationships, everything. And prophecy. And the most prophecy. important for me being prophecy, guys, that we are seeing unfold before our eyes today. 
Yes. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, may this bless you. Send this to your atheist friend who ever needs to hear it. Um, yeah, let's bring more people to God. Let's connect people to Jesus. Like we we are not the way. Jesus is the way and we're pointing you to the way. So if you're confused, then you, if, instead of wasting that time and energy to go checking science journals or whatever, check the Bible journal. <laughs> you get, you, you, you'll get to the truth much faster than you need to. And, and pray, you know, like ask God. Ask God to open your eyes, your spiritual eyes and ears so that you can see these things, you know. So because sometimes we, we understand we're not in the, the, the business of trying to convince people, but it's God himself who needs to remove the scales so you can see the truth but yeah love and light guys be blessed god bless you all and yeah bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> you've been listening to the teppy show show the number one podcast for people who want to get their edge together and take their life to the next level loved this episode head over to itunes to subscribe rate and leave a review you can also share your thoughts and leave a voice message Thank you. Until next Sunday.